This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. But right now we've got a conversation scheduled that is, well, it's troubling but not surprising, I think. Um, the Auditor General has just put out a report on Canada's security capabilities when it comes to the Arctic. And it is bleak. To say the least, uh, it's pretty hard to find any positives in this report, in fact, and uh, it, it's only going to get worse. I think that's part of the concern around this. Um, Canada's capabilities in the far north are fading, just as activity in that region uh, continues to grow. So we need more, we have less, and we're losing what we have. So it is not a good situation. So let's go through this a little bit. We're going to chat now with Rob Hubert, who's a political science professor at the University of Calgary. Rob, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. It's always my pleasure. Now, the headline in this report uh, is a little alarming, basically saying that Canada doesn't even have the capacity right now to monitor who is in Canadian waters, let alone what they're doing, foreign, domestic, doesn't matter. We don't even have a way of monitoring what's going on in the Arctic. Well, absolutely. I mean, to, to be fair to the government, we have a limited monitoring, but as the Auditor General did such an outstanding job of just demonstrating the fact that we, if we're having difficulty right now, the, the evidence all points to the fact we're going to have a much busier yeah. Arctic coming very soon. And so that's where the real, I think, the real problems are that uh, that have been um, elicited within this report. Yeah, you're so right. We're talking about saying, okay, our, 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 we have limited capabilities as it stands, but we're seeing an increase in traffic in the north, and it's only going to continue as, you know, it, it, it's ice-free, a lot more than it used to be. It's using being used for all kinds of purposes. We're just going to see more and more activity in the Arctic. Yeah, and, and and that's what the Auditor General, you know, needs to be given full credit to, uh, for is um, it gets us away from what we get from government is always don't worry, be happy, we've got this under control, and I think that the Auditor General's uh, report did an outstanding job of putting all the documents together in terms of all the promises, and then looking at what actually has been delivered in the last uh, ten or so years. And, and and very little. And, and, and I think how how big of a deal is it when we're talking about the c capability that we do have is eroding quickly, just over time. We don't we don't support our forces. So so it's not even a matter of expanding or or getting a more robust surveillance system in the north. It's just maintaining what we have. We're not even doing that, right? No, absolutely. And also recognize, too, the Auditor General had clear parameters in which they were able to look. So some of the issues, such as the replacement of the um, uh, fighter uh, replacements for the F-18s, and the whole issue of where we go, whether or not our surface combatants have any type of uh, ice capability or submarines, that that was not within the parameters or the privy of the report. And so there, it's even probably worse when we look at the complete picture in terms of what we can uh, expect to see in the future. So in the report that came out this week talking about, I mean, a lot of people say this is national security, but it's not just nas national security. Uh, the, the report mentions all the other reasons we should be aware of what's happening, and there are many. I mean, it's a busy place right now. Well, it talks about national sovereignty, the ability to actually enforce our rules. If you don't have the equipment to stop those who you don't want in the region, 
let alone know them, um, you're not going to be able to maintain sovereignty. It talks about being able to respond to emergencies, uh, environmental crises, all the stuff in which you need to have uh, icebreakers and, and, and the other type of facilities that uh, they highlight. So what position are we in according to the report? I mean, we, we don't have the capacity. To, so basically, are we relying on, on friendly neighbours to help us out? Well, we are for the hardcore security side, but once again, that's beyond the, the bellowick of the, of the report. They're not talking about yeah. the underwater surveillance capability that we rely on. The Americans and, and the British have recently offered uh, help on that regards. At this point in time, of course, the report points out that we are within the overall Arctic. The Canadian Arctic still remains the hardest for anyone to get to. It's easier. More melt has occurred on the Russian side and even on the American side or along Alaska. But it's the issue that trying to rely on an ice-breaking fleet that, well, they, as the report points out, the, the medium icebreakers, 1978 to 1982 is when they were built. The large icebreakers built in 69. And the report does highlight the fact that the government is making promises in terms of where it's going, but also raises the issue that our record is abysmal in following through, and I think very rightly points out questions about whether or not we are in fact going to see the new big icebreakers that have been promised. Uh, um, and they also highlight one thing that I think all Canadians need to really pay attention to is that we don't seem to have a replacement plan, according to the Auditor General, for our satellite system, the radar sat constellation. And they point out that that is probably going to come to its end of its service life at the end of this decade. And these things take a long time. Anyone who thinks that you can just sort of slap it together quickly, look how you know, look at anyone else's space program. These are difficult, challenging elements. And if you don't have it prepared ahead of time, got a real problem coming. And and satellite. I mean, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Even to put it into greater context, back in June, our defense minister said we we're going to be updating um, NORAD satellite capabilities. Uh, but here we have the Auditor General's report saying, well, we're not even thinking seriously about how to, to, to keep our existing systems up and running. And so I think when you start putting all that together, it paints a pretty troubling picture. It does. You're absolutely right. And and a familiar one, too. One that we've heard in a number of other areas when it comes to defense. Um, but the, the, I wonder about the emphasis and the focus that's been put on the Arctic recently. Of course, it was just this summer where the NATO Secretary General was in Canada visiting the North. We were talking about the Arctic. We were talking about security and sovereignty. So, like you say, the pro the government is talking about it, but have we seen any follow-through so far? Well, the metaphor that I think stands out the best is we made a decision to replace our big icebreaker back on September 10th, 1985, and we still don't have a replacement. Jeez. And I think that kind of highlights and, and just sort of backs up what the uh, Auditor General's report uh, says. We always have plans. I yeah. mean, the, the current government has plans to build one in, in Quebec and one in, in, um, in uh, Vancouver, but once again, you know, as they say, good intentions and a, and, and a dollar, you know, are worth a dollar. 
So um, it's 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 really problematic. Part of the problem, of course, is that the Arctic is so far away. There are other pressing issues, and and of course, even within the Arctic, you know, we have a whole host of horrific human security issues in terms of TB, uh, very extreme issues in terms of suicide rates, and so you know, there are all sorts of challenges that have to be met, but it still illustrates the fact that the government, compared to many of the other governments, and the report is very good at highlighting what other countries are doing in terms of points of comparisons and ice-breaking capabilities and so forth, um, demonstrates, in fact, that we just don't seem to have the political will within Canada. And haven't for a very, very long time. You can go back through a number of administrations. Do you think that's changing? That's the question I always wonder about this, because I think there's new emphasis not only on the Arctic, but what's going on with our NATO obligations and our own security with the change in posture that the United States has taken. Do you think that changes as a does as as a, an electorate as the people of Canada? Because I think you know the politicians will only respond if we make it a priority. Do you think that's changing? Well, unfortunately, it's I don't see evidence. Um, I see the evidence points to the fact we respond to crises. So when the Americans sent an oil tanker through the Northwest Passage without asking permission in '69. We did do serious reaction to that. When a similar event occurred with an American icebreaker in 1985, we took actions. But we seem to only be capable of doing this stuff when we see a crisis. Yeah. In other words, we can't be proactive. Now, we already see a lot of senior Amer- uh, Canadian officials already trying to sort of downplay the changing geopolitics that are occurring in the Arctic. Some aren't. Some, to their credit, uh, such as General Ayers, when he was testifying before the uh, Standing Committee on Defense, Defense did say that there is a threat. Um, I, you know, you can disagree with the timeline, but at least he's using terminology of threat. But it, I don't know. It, we don't seem to be able to say, okay, we can see this coming. The, you know, the, the the factors and issues. We've got an aggressor, Russia. We have a China. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, the the evidence of just what we can expect of uh, in the future, China. I think kind of got con, uh, you know encapsulated with their very deliberate rebunking of uh, Trudeau. I mean, that was so deliberate. Obviously, wait till cameras around and make that make your right, point. Yeah. So, I mean, these are the futures we have, and we know that from just from a geopolitical perspective, the the Arctic is one of the heavily militarized regions when it comes to nuclear weapons. And, you know, we always forget that and say, oh, well, that's just a legacy of the Cold War. Well, it's not, because the Russians have invested heavily in modernizing their nuclear capabilities that are based in that region. The Americans, since about 218, 217, have been investing very heavily to counter, and so have the Nordic countries. And I think for Canada, the, the, the threat and problem are so overwhelming. We still want to pretend that the distance is protecting us, that the ice and distance will keep us safe as it has to a limited degree in the past. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, the Americans will take care of it. That seems right. to be our fallback. Always complacency. I think you're right. We t- we uh, have taken for granted the position that we have largely being uh, the closest neighbor to the United States. And I think it's starting to change, but uh, I don't know if there's enough political will there to, to move with it. Well, we're seeing clearly the Americans, even Biden, who obviously is more sympathetic to Canada than Trump was, even Biden has been signaling to us on issues such as the our Asia Pacific or lack of Asia Pacific uh, policies and actions elsewhere, where we run the danger of the United States with the new political yeah. environment it finds itself that Canada is no longer that special relationship. We're just another foreign country, and when that happens. 
that is going to be very challenging, I think, for Canadian policymakers. Yeah, and the U.S. has said very clearly it's, it's America first. That went through Trump and it went through Biden, both of them saying, you know what, we're going to focus. We're not interested in being the, the world's policeman anymore. That's We're going to be more focused on taking care of ourselves. And, uh, you know, the, the world changes when the United States says something like that, especially for us. Yeah, well, I think they are, both of them are signaling, they will remain the uh, the uh, roads policemen, but they want us to pay our share. In other words, the issue of Canada being able to get away on a lot of these things on the cheap, um, I think that that becomes really problematic. We've seen that in terms of our NATO spending, in terms of what Trump was doing, and I suspect that the um, uh, when we had the announcement back in June about modernization of NORAD, that was a response to probably a little bit more quieter but still persistent Biden um, recognition that we need to do more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rob, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.